Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 229 of The Body Nerd Show. And on today's episode, I'm talking with Allison Tenney on how to get started with strength training, how to use compassion as the antidote to perfectionism within your workouts, and how smart strength programming can make a world of difference. Now, I've been a member of Allison's DEN program for the last two years. It's where she does my workout programming for what I do every week in my garage. And I honestly am stronger now than ever before. And I feel like I'm doing less, but what I am doing is smarter and more intentional. And it makes a difference. With the clients I work with inside Movement Mavens and during mobility assessments, once we get you out of pain with your mobility program, the next step is to add weight training. And we definitely do that within garage parties, but I understand they can be really intimidating to get started with weight training. I feel like there's the people who are, you know, not necessarily competitive bodybuilders, but like athletes. And then there's the super, super beginners, and there's not really anything in between. So I wanted to have a conversation today with Allison to talk about how to get started with strength training and where to begin. What are those like first steps that you can take so that you can start to feel comfortable picking up something heavier than a pair of therapy balls? And this conversation exceeded my wildest dreams, honestly. I have always said and felt that you are so much more than just a body and that when you are considering which programming to do, whether that's mobility work or strength training, that you want to be sure that you're taking your body, your mind, and your spirit all into consideration. And in our conversation, Allison was able to articulate the reason that I love strength training in the most beautiful and eloquent way that truly stopped me in my tracks. Like in our conversation, I say like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling emotional. Like I felt like I, you know, like my eyes started welling up with tears. I got goosebumps. It was so, so, so powerful. And what she said is strength training is an embodiment practice for you to own your worthiness right now. And I wanted to share that with you at the top of this conversation because, again, that's so powerful. That movement, whether it's the mobility work that you do or the strength training that you do, can help you to feel at home in your body. And the work that I do, I like to see it as helping to create safety for you in your body with tools to further enhance that safety. So what a treat, (laughs) honestly, to be able to sit in on this conversation with me and Allison. I feel so super lucky to have been able to sit in on this conversation with Allison. And if you don't know Allison Tenney, she's a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. She holds several other fitness credentials, including USA Weightlifting, FMS, SFG, and RKC kettlebell certifications. And she's a former Division I soccer player and also transitioned into the professional arena by coaching at the NCAA D1 collegiate level for 13 years. So enjoy my conversation with Allison Tenney. 
Thanks again for hanging out with us today, Allison. I'm super stoked to nerd out on all things strength training and also probably tell you like 500 times how much I love the den and how much it has made a difference in my strength training. I think listeners may be surprised to know that like, you know, coaches need coaches too. And it's been so nice to be able to just like open up my phone and be like, and here's what I'm doing today. And then just do it. And I also find that I'm spending less time kind of farting around the gym and more time actually doing exercises that make a huge difference. Like I definitely feel stronger now than I have in years. So thank you for that. And you're the queen on all things strength training. So I'm really excited to uh, chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I always feel so honored to be a guest on other people's podcasts and platforms. And it like warms my heart to be able to chat also with dead members and like women who I, I work with who are really smart and like really <laughs> capable themselves. And so it's like such an honor to like have women like you inside of my programs that trust me. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. How did you get into strength training? And then also for the online piece of it to, to change people's lives like myself from the comfort of our homes. To help women get strong and gain confidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> Sports, honestly, my soccer background. So I grew Ooh. up playing competitive soccer, was a division one athlete. And then nice. after I graduated from college, I started coaching soccer. And so I thought I was going to be a division one women's soccer coach. Well, I kind of got involved in the weight room just out of sheer need. Um, when I was coaching um, at the collegiate level, there wasn't a lot of focus on women's sports, specifically women's soccer in the schools that I was at. And so it was kind of like, well, here's just like a program for your team to do. And I didn't feel like it was it was good enough for my players. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to start doing this. And so what ended up happening was I learned to be a strength and conditioning coach and did all of the programming in the weight room, and I was doing on-field coaching. So I was able to really bridge the gap between what was going on in the weight room, so how do we keep players fit, healthy, strong, and manage minutes for practice and games and for sport performance. So I really come at strength training from a performance background, from a how are we going to maintain health, because my goal was to keep those players on the field performing. And I think a lot of times in the collegiate world, and it's changed a lot. So this is not like blanket for every program out there, but a lot of times you get a team in the weight room and they're treated as like the weight room team and not the soccer team. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to be doing one rep maxes however many times a year, like that's not applicable to your sport performance per se. Yeah. So I was writing programs to make sure that their performance was top when it needed to be and writing off season programs for the summer, for the spring, and just really pairing all of that together. So it was a huge learning curve for me, but it's translated so well into the online space because of all of those programs I was writing and all of the different athletes I was working with in season, out of season, starter, non-starter, like you're just dealing with a lot of different types of athletes. 
So that's where the strength and conditioning piece really came from. The online piece kind of started as a side hustle. I was coaching Division One soccer, had two babies. My husband's also in professional sports. And so we were both kind of like, you know, doing the sport coach career thing. And people just start to kind of like hear what you do and they think it's really cool, especially when you're like, oh, I do strength and conditioning or I can write strength programs or I do fitness. And they're like, oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, I'm so unfit. Can you help me? It's like, yeah, "Yeah, I could, but how much time do we have? Right. (laughs) Well, what ended up happening was a lot of my alumni kept coming back to me. I mean, like you wrote my programs for four years. I don't like, can you keep writing programs for me? I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, Sure, like I that's I can do that. I'm like, well, I should probably start charging money for yeah. this. <laughs> so that's like really how it started. And then I built out a gym space in my garage, and then all the neighbor ladies started coming. So I started doing some gen pop along with the like high performing athletes. And then at a certain point, literally got taken away from the soccer world because my family moved. So we moved across the country. I had two young children and I had been really blessed to be in a situation where I was coaching college soccer and had both of my kids. My head coach had four kids of her own. And so it was like really family oriented. I mean, I was like breastfeeding babies under stadium jackets during halftime. (laughs) Not easy. Yeah. You say that. And also it was like stressful AF. So it was like, like the, it was great because I could maintain my career and keep going and really hard because, you know, babies. Right. So the move across the country really forced me to go all in on my online business. Um, I was not in a position where I wanted to get back into college coaching. I didn't want to be beholden to somebody else's schedule. So Mm. I was like, all right, I feel really complete. Like I'm done with like the soccer coaching piece. Let's really build the business. Like I know what I'm doing coaching wise. I know how to write programs what does this look like in the online world? And like, I'm sure you are well aware it is the fucking wild, wild west. (laughs) When you dive into online fitness, uh, it's like anything goes. So that's, that was my start in fitness and kind of where things uh, came from. And now I'm a hundred percent in the online space and just love it. Yeah. I think too, there's so many people who are like, I wear workout clothes and I film in a gym. Like I know what I'm talking about by my programming. And so it was Mm -hmm. so like, as a person who, you know, is in the fitness space, I would needed to find somebody who I knew wasn't going to like break my body. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. And since you have the perspective of athletes and then just like regular people, because A lot of my clients, let me back up. A lot of my clients, you know, we start from an injury perspective and they're rehabbing from an injury and they're finally back to a place where they're like, cool, I can like bend over and my back doesn't hurt. Um, You know, what comes next? I'm I'm always like, well, like strength training. And they're like, Mm -hmm. wow, that sounds really like too much. No, thank you. So (laughs) in your experience, like where to start to make that transition of just starting for like the ladies in the driveway coming down to work out in your garage, like where do you start them? It's interesting. I get this question asked a lot. And my response is always meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think people expect like, oh, we're going to start um, with this type of training protocol at this load and this rep and set scheme and this type of like periodization model. There's so many options out there for people. Um, and to me, it's all about meeting people where they're at. So if I have somebody that's coming from a PT setting and I have like a number of den members that are like, oh, I'm, I've been in and out of PT, have this ankle thing. I have a back thing. They'll come into the den. And because it was original, I mean, I, like my background is sport. I'm writing for athletes. That is kind of where the den was born out of. I was like, well, I keep writing these similar programs. Like, let me just make this a group program and see how it does. Mm-hmm. People are usually shocked that you don't have to do these wild and crazy, super intense, six days a week. You can. Your body probably won't be able to sustain that. So my approach is have the conversation, having really good PTs, uh, a relationship with those PTs. So I know what that background is. I know where that person is coming from. Um, and to meet them where they're at, where if they think that something might not work for them, then it's probably not. Yeah. You have to be willing to put a dumbbell in your hand. So I want to be working with and building relationships with PTs that are using those types of modalities and that type of load in their rehab process so that when they are healthy and get handed off, kind of working with a subset of people that are like, oh, cool, I did strength training for like rehab. And Mm -hmm. now it's going to continue to keep me healthy. Those are really my ideal clients. They're already bought in. And I'm going to meet them where they're at, where if they think that a squat is going to hurt their knee. Okay. That's a belief you have. Is that true? How much pain does it actually give you? What are you cleared for? Like, I'm not a medical person, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm really big on staying in my lane. And can I move that person just a tiny bit to give them the confidence so that they will squat so that they will pick up a heavier weight. That's really where I start. Yeah. I think too, that is a common misconception that like, oh, I need to work out six days a week and it needs to be Mm. absolutely brutal. And to your point as well, like if you are an athlete or a collegiate athlete or a professional athlete, like that Mm -hmm. is your job. Mm. But for the rest of us, you know, we're working on a computer and then go to the gym and they're like, oh yeah, well, why does it all hurt? I'm like, well, because this isn't our full-time job and that's okay. So I really appreciate too, you acknowledging that, you know, and you've said this to me because I've emailed you in the den, like I haven't done anything. And you're like, it's okay. <laughs> Just let do one or two. And that is enough. And I, even in my own body, like I'm a testament to that as well, that a couple days a week, as long as you are consistent in the like the grand scheme of things it's not just like today but it's what about over a lifetime if your goal is to consistently move better and get stronger i think you'd hit on two things number one the difference between frequency versus consistency so a lot of us are like oh i have to get into the gym you know four five six days a week like that's a shit ton of frequency mm-hmm. i would rather you hit the gym two days a week consistently week after week after week like 
the whole year, the rest of your life, then trying to get there five, six days a week, which is a much higher frequency, it's higher to sustain that, not be able to. And now usually our immediate response is, well, I'm bad. I feel guilty. Um, How come I can't get my shit together? Like we feel shame and guilt around those things. Mm -hmm. And I really try to, number one, coach from a place of compassion. Guilt and shame are never good places for change, right? Mm -mm. So when you miss a workout, when things don't go, you know, quote, perfectly, it's in those moments of like, oh, I'm noticing that I'm being an asshole to myself. Why (laughs) is that happening? Can I find the the pivot, find the turnaround to be like, oh, I, I guess I don't need to be such an asshole to myself. I can yeah. just get up and try again tomorrow. Maybe two days a week is good enough. And with a well-written plan, I think that's that's also the piece is like people try to do it themselves. They think they should be able to do it themselves, particularly when it comes to like, oh, I'm a PT or I'm a strength coach or I was an athlete or I was fit once, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. comparing yourself to previous versions, but they think they should be able to do it by themselves and do it really well by themselves because that is the standard that society has set. That's what we see out in the world. And if you're not that, then you're trash, completely false, I have so many clients that are you super capable, super smart, can write their own programs. And we are all human. Mm-hmm. We all struggle with accountability, with thinking complicating. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, I should be doing all these cool things. And I saw this person with this pull up and this person's running a 50 miler and I should be able to do it all. False. You almost have to stay tunnel vision. And so having a coach, having a program that's like done really well, keeps you focused on those things and puts you in a container and an environment where messing up is fine. It's like you have a plan to also be able to go off the plan to come back to it. Like if Mm -hmm. I don't have a plan and I'm like, what should I do today? I'll just kind of like go into the gym and fuck around. Like maybe that'll be good enough. And that's fine for small bits, but it's so much easier, like you said in the beginning, to like walk in, open up the app, know that you can trust that what you're looking at is part of a bigger plan. There's like reasoning and like physiology and science behind it. And if you don't do it perfectly, you're still going to make gains. I have plenty of dead members and alpha members that are only in there like maybe two out of the, like the dentist program for four workouts per week, right? Like three strength, one that's like a little bit more conditioning. Some members are only in there two days a week. They're still making great gains because it's a great program. That is what like accountability, compassion, a plan can do. And I've just found it to be so much more sustainable. Oh, absolutely. The number one question I get within the comments and my DMs and my emails is, I have this issue, what should I do for it? And I get when you've tried icing and you've tried stretching and they're not really working, you probably are looking for a simple program that you can do on your own that actually works. 
And that's exactly why I put together the Mobility Mastery Toolkit. The toolkit includes 30 days of exercises so you know exactly what to do to improve the mobility of your hips, your lower back, your feet, your neck, and your shoulders. Plus, it comes with video demos for every single exercise and a full body mobility workout calendar so you can check it off. And again, you don't have to think about what to do. You just get it done. And with all of those resources, you're just 15 minutes a day from feeling stronger and more flexible. As a Body Nerd Show listener, you can save 50% off when you use the code MASTERY at mobilitytoolkit.co. That's right. Use the code MASTERY, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y, at mobilitytoolkit.co. And then keep me posted how it goes. And even too, like, I'm so grateful we have a really awesome, like, neighbor collective, I guess you could say. And so my neighbor and her three-year-old often work out with us. And so he also is doing, you know, walking lunges and farmer carries. And then he's, thankfully he's at about 35 pounds now, which is like the weight I was using anyway. So I'm like, cool, hop on my back. Like we'll do this together. And so even that like fundamentals of like the basic movements, you know, at three years old, he's like, cool, let me do this. And like, let me help you with your core stuff. And I'm like, that's a little bit much, but sure, sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing I really appreciate too about the programming that you do is that it is so progressive as well. Because I'm thinking back to your point, uh, you know, someone's like, oh, a squat's like make my knees hurt. Like how, you know, where do I even start with that? Um, And within my program uh, in movement mavens, I think of movement as being boiled down to like the big three, the squat, the hip hinge, and the overhead reach. And if you can do those movements well without weight, then you are super ready to do them with weight. So you're nodding. Uh, Would you Mm -hmm. add anything to that as far as like fundamental movements to start with? It's really the foundation of how I think about programming. So like it's so, I always love seeing how other smart professionals uh, frame their programming, like where you really look to those big three, I'm looking at movement patterns, number one. So squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, carry. So I'm looking at those and then coming into it like, all right, well, what's the goal for this training block? And I think it's because, well, number one, it takes like eight, 10, 12 weeks for like adaptations to occur. So I tend to program in three month training blocks. So I'll look at a three month training block, take my movement patterns, break them into days of the week, and then try to balance them out based on, all right, what's our main set? What are the accessories? How are we warming up? What type of conditioning are we going to do? But like, what is the focus? What's the why behind the training block? And then I love filling in the puzzle pieces. So I'm going to say there's no like wrong way to program. There's nuance there though. Yeah. Where I think you run into problems is people will not have the education, not have the certifications, not have the experience. They only have their experience. If I'm a bodybuilder or I'm doing competitions, I should not be programming for people outside of of that realm, particularly if like I've only had my experience. And I think that's what happens in the online space. Um, You see a lot of clickbait things. You see a lot of like red flag things. And that's all for like 
hype and clicks and like mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. Good strength training is fucking boring. <laughs> so true like you yeah. go back to like what what you were saying like t- when you talk about like progressions and how a program is put together i say the den is foundational not beginner we do start with a goblet squat but for like an entire month you're doing goblet squats mm-hmm. and then you're doing like a double kettlebell goblet squat. And then you're doing a barbell front squat before we get to a barbell back squat. Like maybe I can't remember. I have to go back and check maybe in like month four, month five, we have to build in the right way. And the thing is you can get great results doing goblet squats. Mm-hmm. And for mo- like general population, you really want to own those foundational pieces before getting to the cool stuff. And it takes four, five, six weeks of rep after rep after rep of doing the same stuff. And so when I'm programming, honestly, I'm like, oh shit, like now I'm going to really give like the behind the scenes. When I'm programming, I'm taking my three month block, but I'm looking at the first four weeks and I'm going copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Okay, yeah. What's this like little tweet? Oh, I'm going to add in a little rotation here. Okay. I'm going to go from like a dumbbell RDL to like a double dump, like yeah. small, very small incremental things. That's going to add nuance. We're going to add skill. Strength is a skill. And I think mm-hmm. we want to be doing the cool, sexy stuff, but the cool, sexy stuff is usually not sustainable and usually won't get you the results that you're actually looking for. And unfortunately that shit doesn't sell online. It's not clickbaity enough. Like, would you like to watch me do a hip hinge really slow in excellent form? No, no one cares. Right. But maybe if I shoot it from behind with my ass in your face and tell you it's an opera, like, it's just like all the stuff that we see, right? Like all the stuff that we see online, like I get it. Like, I'm not here to like shame other people. And also, I think we can create spaces how you do in your side of the internet and like my corner of the internet where the information is true and it is delivered without what I'm going to call like scarcity tactics. Yeah. So there's no shame and guilt for like the way your body looks or performs. Um, I really want to coach people towards their possibilities, um, with abundance tactics. So it's always Mm. like there's an and, right? Like it's not either, or it's, and there's nuance, there's curiosity, there's inquiry. Um, I'm not trying to fit people into one certain box of aesthetics or performance. Like people work out for all kinds of ways, I'm not here to put my story on any of my clients. Mm -hmm. You know, I always wonder too, as I open up that program, it's like, how is she thinking about this? And I've been able to look behind the curtain. There you go. You know, I'm doing some programming, strength training for a client. And she's like, do we have to do like squats and and hip hinges again? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. Because it is. Forever. Sorry. You're doing these forever. Forever and ever. Because every time you go to pick something up, you know, I think people sometimes will, you know, really compartmentalize like, well, here's my strength training um, and here's my mobility work. And then here's everything else. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, it's all the same. 
right? Mm -hmm. And if I can be really intentional with how I do my mobility, then I don't have to think quite as much while I'm doing my strength because it's more like on autopilot, so to speak, is like the form piece. And then Mm -hmm. I definitely don't have to think about it when I'm, you know, out and about and, you know, playing with my neighbor. It doesn't matter. And then when you have those moments where you move in a really, you know, shitty way, it doesn't matter because you have banked all of those repetitions of that really good, really boring, but very foundational and super important movement. And movement is so fluid. Have you seen those? Um, There's this account where it's like, if we uh, perform in real life the way we like tell people to train, like how rigid (laughs) it is, like trying to like make a bed and like, like it's just, right? Like it's silly. Like your spine is meant to bend and move. You get in weird positions, like getting down to the floor to play with your kids. Like there's all these things. Your body is meant to do those things. And yet we get into the gym and it's like neutral spine and knees over, not knees over toes and Mm -hmm. like we get really rigid. Mm -hmm. And I think again, like to be able to come on podcasts and have these conversations um, that has more nuance where you can dive into those things. Cause again, like online social media is, is hard to bring nuance I say all bodies are good bodies. All bodies are meant to move in ways that they are just like our structures are different. Mm -hmm. So to be able to approach movement from that lens, from that framework of I'm going to see how this works for my client from physiological, from structural, from relationship, from emotional, like we have all of these lenses that we can, and quite frankly, should be approaching clients as we're working with them. And so often half the things I just mentioned are left out, right? Like Mm -hmm. we come with like, here's the perfect program, do Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do it, that's your fault. Yeah. Meanwhile, like financial reasons, family reasons, health reasons, pain, uh, time, like all of these things that pop up for people that are real. We have to validate those things. We have to find ways to like remove the guilt and shame for people for them to be able to like, okay, two out of four, that's great this week. Mm-hmm. Maybe next week I'll be able to hit the four out of four. I don't know but I'm going to do my best because Allison doesn't care either way. It's like, how Mm -hmm. many times can I tell my clients, like, I don't care either way. Just keep showing up, do the warm up. Mm -hmm. do one out of the three sets of your main set. Like we have to find ways to win and retrain our brains of like giving that positive feedback, that positive affirmation that like, this does matter. I Mm -hmm. matter. Yeah. This is enough. I am enough. And when we can train and practice from that space and those lenses, changes the fitness game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like to set the bar incredibly low because then I can win. <laughs> because yes. it is. It's basically psychology. And if if the bar is you just have to show up in the garage and there's no rules about how long you have to be there or what you have to do or anything like that, then just by being there, I'm like, Whoop, we did it today. Everything else is yes. like extra sprinkles, you know? gravy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about instead of, oh, I have to work out today. It's have to walk into the garage today. Mm -hmm. Instead of I have to get to the gym today. It's I just got to get to my car. Mm -hmm. That reframe makes a big difference in the consistency. Oh, a thousand percent. 
Because yeah, every workout is not going to be like fit for the gram or anything like that. I'm like, no, this was like absolute trash. But you know what? My goal today was just to move my body. And so, you know, gold star for me today, we did it. And that is good enough. And that's 100% like you're saying, what it has to be to continue to show up day after day, week after week, month after month for a whole lifetime. Yeah. Like your program might be, you know, a six week shred or whatever, but I, I want people that are in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, again, it's like, it's a mentality. It's maybe you're not motivated for that day, but you're committed to walking into the garage. You're committed to walking out to your car and you have a plan and you know, you're not a piece of shit. If you, you know, don't stick to the plan or deviate from the plan. You said something like, oh, everything doesn't have to be something about like the intensity of your workouts. I remember having so many conversations with my women's soccer players of like, stop doing so much. (laughs) They're like, okay, but if I train here, then can I go do skill work here? And then can I add in extra cardio here? And it was like, stop overtraining. Mm-hmm. It's like we we end up on uh, like one end of the spectrum or the other. And again, like if we can add more nuance to the conversation, it can't be intensity and s- like one rep maxes all the time, right? But it also can't be, and I tend to like leave more on the side l- lately, like, oh, I'll just do half of it or, oh, I don't really feel like it today and I'll be gentle with myself and I'll, you know, right? Like there is a time and place for both of those and both can exist. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, instead of like one side battling the other, they have to coexist. Like there's a reason there's a deload in my programs. There's a reason that there's an RPE six out of 10 versus an RPE nine out of 10, or why we test a one rep max, or why we are working on building aerobic capacity. There are different functions of fitness and it doesn't all have to be like soft, easy, compassionate, like, you know, just move your body in ways that feel good. Okay. Well, I would never make any gains if that was the case. (laughs) Like this shit doesn't, Tickle like it's <laughs> fucking hard yeah. when it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. Like when it's supposed to be, you have to have both, and I think that gets missed a lot. Yeah, definitely. I was just thinking one of the um, workouts. I think it was like a every minute on the minute, mm. and I misread it, and so I was like, okay, so every minute I do both of these for the 12 minutes. I know. And about <laughs> minute six, I was like, God, this is like really hard. And then I like, finished. What the fuck was Allison thinking? I know. It was like <laughs> literally one of those where I was like, well, I, I have the energy to just like leave it all here. And then I read the instructions. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And the next round was a lot easier. So I appreciate mm. that. But yeah, it like for sure the nuance. And I think also to your point as well is like, the algorithms and what we are being told is fitness is very like all or nothing and has to be, you know, like the Nike commercials and the Gatorade commercials. Cause that's like what media sells and the same goes on social media. And there's definitely benefit for having intentional nuanced programming that gives you the space to be a full human because guess what we are and there are ebbs and flows to life and to your capacity for strength training but when you're able to give it that 
really compassion, I feel like then that's where it becomes that life skill that you continue to do. It's not just like just for right now, but so that you can continue to move and feel better forever. I see strength training as a gateway. To me, it's a practice to, you know, what, whatever you want to label it, whatever language people are comfortable using, self-love, self-worth, um, those types of things. And I, it might like seem silly because, I mean, of course, like I'm doing therapy and I have communities offline where I'm working on this stuff, but part of my practice is around my body. And so strength training allows me to tap in to embodying the things that I want. If you don't have weight, and some people, uh, you know, are really big into meditation. That's why you see a lot of people doing like walks. Like again, these things that like quick little hacks on social media that we see to me, like great, great, great. Keep doing all of them. Find what works for you. But to me, understanding the why you're doing it. So like I strength train. Yeah. I want to perform. I want to look good. Like that's like surface, like duh. I've had those conversations over and over and I will continue to have them meet people Mm -hmm. where they're at. And I'm like, FYI, I don't know if you know this, this is actually (laughs) an embodiment practice Mm -hmm. for you to reclaim what's been lost to you. You've been fit into this box. You've been told all of these things that you need to earn and work for your self-worth to be good enough. And I'm like, bullshit. Part of the strength training, part of that practice, part of that embodiment practice is a reclaiming of your own self-worth where you can stand in your power and say, I am enough. Like now, I mean, like I stand with my two feet on this, like, like strength people who do strength training, like understand deadlifts, right? Like they're going to plant their feet. They're going to like ground those feet in. They're going to like own that space, right? Like that. I want your self-worth to be that so that when you go to the gym, when you start moving your body, it's not, oh, I'm enough after the 10 pounds. I'm enough when I get the four workouts in per week. I'm enough at like that goalpost will continue to move. You're enough now. So to me, the strength training is an embodiment practice for you to own your worthiness now. Do I go around the internet like telling everybody that? No, but that, like, that is my like big why. Like the, the beat that's like constantly in the back of my head. Like that's why I do what I do. I may not say that to everybody because again, nuance, it's hard to get that in like write your hook and you have three seconds to capture attention. Like that yeah. doesn't sell on social media. But if you understand that, it just changes the lens and like the way we operate and approach our bodies and strength training. And I'm like geeked out over that. Yeah, that's so powerful too. I mean, just hearing you talk about that is making me emotional. I think so much of the work I do with my clients as well as giving them the tools to make their body feel like a safe place to be. Mm. And then once you have that, like this is really the next step. And I think there's so many opportunities for other like outside influences to tell you what you can be and what you should be and what you, you know, could look like. And if only, you know, all of this and like how powerful to Mm. just even stepping into this space to work on my strength is affirming that I already am worthy, Mm. like phenomenal. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. It's a trust piece. Yeah. 
when you say like your body is a, a safe place for so many people, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's just, we've been taught that it's not whether through experience or society or like whatever that is, like we've been taught, like your body's not a safe place for you, or it's not a worthy place for you until you look that certain way. I love that you provide that for your people. Like reminders that your body can be, we have to work towards it. Mm -hmm. Some people have to work a lot harder towards it because of their trauma, like, you know, whatever it's going on for their body, but like the body remembers. Mm -hmm. And I got this from a mentor of mine who I do a lot of work um, in the offline space. And I like to think of it. And she offered this to me about remembering, like remembering that I can start from a place of I am enough but also like a remember of our body parts, mm-hmm. like the, specifically the fitness industry will be like, oh, your booty and your abs and your shoulders and your bite, like will literally pull, dismember you. Mm-hmm. And so how can we use, to me, strength training? There's so many other ways to do it, right? But like I'm a coach, so I use strength training as a way to remember the self-worth piece, but also remember our body. We are, we have to be whole if our body can be a place that can heal, that we can trust. I was like, oh shit. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that one hit, hit me hard of like, that's a lot of work to like, oh, I don't need, like when people talk like, oh, you don't need to fix your body. Yeah. But if you constantly stay in your head and you're thinking about all of these things, like we Mm -hmm. want to really think about all this stuff instead of embody all of the stuff. And so what practices do you have in place to pull together head, heart, mind, body, soul, like all of it together? To me, it's a remembering. And here I was going to ask you like what dumbbells that we should get. <laughs> but it, so we always get on podcasts and I'm like, people are going to either really love this or be really disappointed. <laughs> no, no, because it too, I think like speaking of nuance, like it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what weights you're using. If even the process of showing up and what that means, if you haven't, not that you have to like go super deep to even get there, but like I, that like you have put into words what I feel and what moving my body has been. I was never a D1 athlete by any stretch, AYSS soccer. Here we go. Um, But I've always loved being in my body and moving and, you know, tinkering with that experience of like, I never want my physical capacity to be the limiting factor to how I live my life, whether that's, you know, going on hikes or walking my dog or just like getting up and down off the floor. Like, I don't want that to be the limitation. And that's where the strength training piece comes in as well to be able to continue to move, to continue to do all the things that I want to do on my terms Mm. not something else. So thank you too for being able to like so eloquently describe, I think also what a lot of honestly, like, yeah, women, what we're looking Mm. for in strength training, because we are so just like not served by the fitness industry in any booty shaping short capacity, you know? (laughs) you Like, sure. I want to ask that that looks like that, but why? Mm Mm-hmm. What happens when I get that ass? (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. And it's not to say like there's anything wrong or bad 
about those things, but I want us to be having deeper conversations because the thing is like, we're not going to change anything unless we understand the context of why getting an ass or why losing weight or why certain things in the fitness industry are the way they are. And usually it's more money, positions of power, right? Like systems of oppression. We need to be asking better questions. Mm -hmm. And so like, I want my business to be operating differently so that I'm not contributing to systems of oppression and power. Like I'm a thin white woman in the fitness industry. I need to be self-reflective about that. Same, in the same boat for sure. (laughs) I feel like we have barely scratched the surface of all of the wealth of knowledge that you have and all the things that we could talk about. So um, keep your schedule out because we will be scheduling more conversations. Great, I hope (laughs) we do. And where can people come and hang out with you on the internet and all the things that you're up to? Oh, I'm living my best life on Instagram. I'm (laughs) at Allison Tenney. I am always there. Send me a DM. And my new website, allisontenneyfitness.com. Yeah. And then uh, people can find out more about The Den and Alpha and all of that at your website as well. Yes. So my two signature online strength and conditioning programs are The Den, which I say is not beginner, but foundational, and Alpha, which is geared more towards those with a uh, solid training foundation, uh, a little bit more athlete leaning. So between those two programs, whether you're in the coaching or the DIY version, I got you covered. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. And I'm going to go look at my calendar literally right now so that we can hang out again. I really appreciate it. Yay. I would love that. I appreciate you too. What did I tell you? What a treat Allison is. And I'm, again, so grateful to have had this conversation with her. We definitely will be hearing more from Allison in the next coming months. So stay tuned for that. But I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from today's episode. So send me or Allison a DM. You can find us on Instagram. She shared her information. I'm at Holla for Mala. You can find me on TikTok at AE Wellness. You can drop me an email, hello at aewellness.com. Or if you are more of the voicemail variety, I promise I won't pick up. Okay. As a millennial, I'm not going to pick up the phone. It's going to go straight to voicemail. I promise. Uh, But you can leave a message on the body nerd hotline at 818-396-6501. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. I will drop Allison's links there as well, whether you want to check out one of her coaching programs or just her website in general. And definitely if you have not already, make sure you subscribe, review, and share today's conversation. You know the drill. I tell you every time it absolutely makes a difference. And I'm so grateful for you for taking the time to do that. So here's to asking better questions, moving more strength training, just because we want to and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool. And you, my friend can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks. And bodywork is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. 
And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.